0: Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show excited to rewatch and
1: recap it along the way. This week we are covering season two, episode 14, titled It Should Have Been Lorelai. The bio for this episode is, Christopher brings a visitor to Stars Hollow who wants to get to know Rory. Emily is furious that Lorelai isn't trying to win Christopher back what an episode I like that they're trying to be subtle (laughs) oh Christopher brings a visitor dot 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 when they've given away so much more in a bio (laughs) like an an episode description before
0: and who else would it be really
1: (laughs) his business partner (laughs) no
0: I don't know how I feel about this episode Part of me thought that it was kind of a boring episode, but then we also got some juicy moments. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It just, it was such a different storyline than what we've had the past few episodes, I think. I agree.
1: It felt slow at times, but then exciting, and, like, there were things I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we'll see. But it, it was also, like, the second episode in a row about someone visiting stars hollow you know oh, like richard true. in yeah. stars hollow and then this one should have just been called christopher or <laughs> sherry in stars hollow yeah that's true
0: we didn't have as much stars hollow stuff
1: no i guess you can only go in the shack club so many times
0: <laughs> speak for yourself
1: <laughs> yeah you're
0: right okay should we do our talking fast maybe we'll meet paris's uh was it WPM? <laughs> probably not i think i would really disappoint paris with that
1: yeah i thought about our segment with the wpm i was like what is my rate (laughs) i don't think it is as good as paris would want it to be
0: (laughs) if rory's is like 120 something mine is probably like 65 (laughs) Mm -hmm. okay okay are you ready to go first sure okay go
1: lane is grounded and observing everything from a telescope she wants a cd from rory so they orchestrate that together in a really funny scene but more importantly christopher is in town with his new girlfriend sherry who wants to get to know rory that creates some awkwardness between lorelei and sherry and christopher emily is also angry when christopher tells her about it um lorelei has like a divine epiphany from this at the end Rory kind of gets along with Sherry in a way. There's back, Paris. And you'll never know how I was going to finish that sentence because I was cut off. It's pretty good. Okay.
0: I feel like everything just went out of my mind and I can't remember what this episode was.
1: I know. Uh. Well, I've had that experience before as well. And people might not know because I cut it out, but you know there was that time where you said go and I just you know was silent forever (laughs) and then I then you kindly gave me a second chance okay so in that spirit are you ready yep okay on your mark get set go so there's a debate at Chilton
0: and of course it's Paris and Rory against poor Brad and Christopher shows up he shows up with Sherry who I didn't tell Lorelai about so then Lorelei and Sherry have a weird conversation when they're back at home and Sherry takes Rory out for dinner or something and Emily and or Lorelai takes Christopher to Friday night dinner, which Emily is not happy about. And then Lorelai starts thinking about what it what she's been doing with Christopher this whole time and uh Stop. Yeah <laughs> uh, We'll okay. unpack it more as <laughs> we yeah. <Absolutely> slow down. <laughs> yeah, we definitely need to. <laughs> okay.
1: This cold open scene takes place at Luke's, like many others, as we've commented before. Mm -hmm. It's, like, either Friday night dinner or Luke's. And this one is atypical, though, because Luke's is entirely empty. Except for Luke, of course. Uh, Which is kind of the point, the, like, I don't know. I guess a cold open scene has to have, like, a point or a gimmick or a joke or something like that. And this one is that, like, it's just so weird to see Luke's like that. It's almost mm-hmm. like the Twilight Zone, they say, and this was my Stars Hollow moment of the episode. I kind of struggled to find a place actually to mm-hmm. nominate this episode for, and ultimately, I picked this one just because it was a unique like I think of Luke's as a very essential location and setting for stars hollow. so so to see it like, entirely empty in what he describes as like well everything gets like a lull sometimes but it's like there's not one single customer there yeah it's pretty funny weird and Lorelai and Rory suddenly have all these options of like where to sit should they sit at the mafia table should they sit at the counter and play bagel hockey like it just causes there to be a bunch of funny little quips about you know the star's hollow setting so that was my you know nomination for this opening scene <laughs>
0: I had my Rory's bookshelf in this opening scene also. So as Mm. you just mentioned, they make a crack about it being like the Twilight Zone. And Luke answers by saying, or Outer Limits. (laughs) And then he goes on to describe Outer Limits as a similar show that was on at the same time. I think it actually had a reboot also in like the 90s or something. And Mm. I haven't seen that much of the twilight zone or outer limits but i just like the like this is just another moment of luke being a sci-fi nerd (laughs) and i wish we Mm -hmm. got a lot more of that and i wish he wasn't embarrassed about it
1: (laughs) yeah and lorelei calls him a geek or nerd i think for knowing that show and having an opinion about it and wasn't it When Mia was visiting, she brought up that he wore the Star Trek Mm -hmm. shirt, right? So (laughs) I agree. I wish that side of him was explored more.
0: Yeah. And I don't know. For Lorelai to make fun of somebody for knowing a niche reference is also just kind of, that's a bold thing to say, Lorelai.
1: (laughs) Right. Like, she must be teasing him and not Mm -hmm. actually care that he's a geek because her and Maria are such geeks about so many things you know
0: yeah that's true <laughs> but the big thing we learn in this opening this cold open is that there's a debate at chilton mm-hmm. and rory is partnered with paris for it
1: who else would she be paired with <laughs> yeah it's true and also a bit of a running joke and thread throughout this episode is that lane Mm -hmm. is still grounded from mrs kim finding about henry and she's in her room with very limited phone call times (laughs) allowed to her but she seems to have a telescope i don't (laughs) know if she's had that before this point but she has it (laughs) and she's able to like look out her window using it and spy on rory at various locations throughout the episode in a very kind of funny big brother is watching way but it's just Lane, you know like trying to get trying to be a part of the world she keeps asking Rory for like the most minute details about what's going on in Rory's life just to kind of feel something to have some experience from her seclusion
0: I loved how serious serious she looked in the window also she's like dressed kind of in a very puritan style top Mm -hmm. and but the thing she's calling rory about is there's a cd coming out that she has to have because she's an audiophile and i like i just like that it's just such a random random little subplot but it's it's
1: wonderful yeah that they threw in the episode but i'm not angry about it because i feel Mm -hmm. like it's common for us to say we wish we had more lane time and Mm -hmm. i'm not really going to complain when it's there and when it's just like lighthearted and fun <laughs> shenanigans you know
0: <laughs> yeah and the rest of this episode i've noticed this like when there's kind of a serious episode there are more little random town things to mm-hmm. bring some lightness to it because this is like the main storyline for this episode is kind of a serious one and not not kind of really like fun per se <laughs>
1: Right, like sprinkles on ice cream or mm-hmm. a cake or something. Like got to throw in a little bit of sugar there. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't quite work because that's, you know, all sugar. So I guess it would be like sprinkles on your vegetables mm-hmm. or something. But no. Yes. But it works. It works for the show. That yeah. I I'm failing at the analogies <laughs> right now, but it's like adding cheese to your broccoli. There you go. There you go. Teamwork. <laughs> <laughs> okay moving forward it is like the next day the next evening which is like a thursday because it's kind of the eve before the debate and rory and lorelei are just hanging out at home and there will be a few like plot related moments from this evening that i'll get to in a moment but what they're doing at like the open of the scene watching tv involves my Friday Night Dinner Critique, as well as my Rory's Bookshelf, actually. Oh, did you that's... nominate this for anything? I didn't, but I'm glad you yeah. did. <laughs> okay, yeah. I thought maybe you would, maybe, yeah. Um, so basically the premise of this like little scene, it's not even really like plot-related at all. You just open in on them watching TV, and they're watching a show called Two Fat Ladies. And it is like the center of many jokes that Lorelai and Rory make about their fatness essentially Mm -hmm. like um Rory says she doesn't want to watch the show Lorelai mentions that one of them died and Rory jokes the fat one implying and the joke is implying that you couldn't distinguish between the two and it's it's gross (laughs) it's gross to even say and then like Rory leaves to go answer the Phone or the door, and she says, as she's going, "Can we find other fat people to watch?" Mm-hmm. And Lorelei jokes that that sounds really insensitive, implying yep. that she's making a joke. She doesn't really care that it was an insensitive comment. So it was very, it was kind of meta, but also not meta at the mm-hmm. same time. But over overall, what I wanted to say about this as part of the critique is that there's nothing wrong with saying people are fat. Fat is not a bad thing, but At the time that they're making these jokes, they are implying that and they're kind of just patronizing or infantilizing these women who are like the center of the show and they're making jokes about them based on their size and making them like the butt of their jokes. Mm -hmm. Um, So like that was just going to be my critique and I was going to say like it was insensitive and they're making a joke about it being insensitive, but that's their joke (laughs) like um, but then I did like I looked up the show to Fat Ladies because I was curious about it. And that's why I actually made this my like Rory's bookshelf as well, because I found an article on Vox where the writer was talking about watching the show when she was in college, I think in the 90s. And she actually has very positive associations with it. And it's about mm-hmm. like two friends who traveled together on a motorcycle like around England or Ireland, visiting different places and cooking food and it actually sounds like really fun to watch Mm -hmm. and she was saying that like at the time in the 90s it was very much the height of like thinness and beauty standards around that and the idea of like a popular movement about body positivity had like not happened yet and so like a lot of pop culture didn't feature bodies of a lot of sizes or celebrate them so she found kind of she found solace in the show that was like showing them having pleasure of different and they had different body sizes than what she saw from like models and all of that so I was actually like oh so like it could have been included in this positive way and celebrated in a positive way Mm -hmm. and I guess Lorelai said she wanted to watch it so maybe there's something there but it missed the mark I think and yeah I like that
0: I didn't know I also looked it up because I was like, are they just making this up so that they can make more fat people jokes? <laughs> but yeah. I'm, yeah, I like that it could, like, it is kind of just using fat as a, like, neutral descriptor, like you would mm-hmm. any other descriptor. Like, it could be the two blonde ladies. <laughs> and, yeah. But of course, the way that Lorelai and Rory are talking about it, you kind of get the feeling that they would be like... It'd be one of the shows where they turn down the volume and then make up dialogue, and it wouldn't be nice dialogue. It would be a lot of Mm -hmm. fatphobic jokes. Right. Just from, like, the tone that they're taking when they talk about it. So, I agree. It was a fat fat liberation opportunity, but in the hands of two skinny women, (laughs) it didn't work out.
1: (laughs) And actually, you saying that, like, imagining them making... Like, insensitive comments as they watch that makes me wonder, like, would they say these things when Sookie Mm -hmm. or Miss Patty or, you know, if they were present? Like, they have a lot of close friends who are fat, and I don't know. I'm just like, would they say these same kind of comments in front of them? I don't think they would. So, they clearly Mm -hmm. know that it's wrong. Yeah.
0: And just, like, so normal in TV. Yeah. even at this point. I was just watching New Girl recently, and the amount of times they make fun oh. of Schmidt for being fat when he was younger is just, like... I know that New New Girl isn't
1: current anymore either, but it's not mm-hmm. old. I agree, and I, I feel like they... that show, like, br- they call him Fat Schmidt as well. Like, wasn't that his nickname? Mm-hmm. And they put that actor, like in a fat suit to film those scenes and it's just it's very gross it's very gross and I don't think they bring it up as much in later seasons I think they kind of become aware of it yeah (laughs) and they use it as a way of like being like this is why Schmidt is the way he is now because he's skinny and he's so insecure because that's how he was but it's so bad (laughs) yeah like
0: he fixed himself he put all this work into fixing himself and now he can't Mm -hmm. like let loose or anything like that yeah yeah (sighs) yeah anyways yeah Yeah. that was a good thing a good thing to bring up and i kind of want to watch this cooking show now (laughs) i know i do too but we also so after this we also get a um a phone call from christopher so rory has gone and answered the door and it's paris to talk about the debate and then christopher calls Mm -hmm. and he wants to talk to rory i guess it's their phone call time or something but he's also calling to say that he's in town or town adjacent (laughs) for a business trip and that prompts Lorelai to invite him to the debate the next day and Christopher says that he'll be there and he says nothing Mm -hmm. else
1: (laughs) I'll be there yeah (laughs) singular pronoun yeah which comes (laughs) up later and very Uh.
0: rightfully I think although there are many sides to this but Mm -hmm. so then we we now have our conflicts for the episode set up the debate which is actually kind of fun and christopher showing up again which could never just be good
1: yeah i do love that paris approach it like she just visits out of the blue Mm -hmm. and Rory's like why are you here well we have to prepare more and Lorelai also asked like why are you here where were we expecting you and Paris is like you should have <laughs> <Yeah>. been <laughs> I just love how seriously she takes the debate she's talking about like she's angry that Rory had milk in her cereal this morning because the mucus <laughs> from the dairy will slow them down and she asked Lorelai like did you give her the cereal <laughs> and overall I just like Paris's brand of seriousness and earnestness delivers so well as funny mm-hmm. lines to me And I just loved it. And also, she's just there to hang out. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Is she very serious? Yes. But let's be honest, a big part of her being there, I'm convinced now. Anytime I see Paris doing this, like, overbearing, hyper-prepared kind of thing, I'm like, it's just a a cover-up for her liking Rory and wanting Mm -hmm. to spend time together. (laughs) Yeah, especially, like,
0: after the debate, she goes up to Rory and wants to, like, talk about the debate. And you can tell Mm -hmm. that she just wants to hang out and, like, have a fun
1: celebratory evening. Yeah, she's like, you don't want to celebrate with me after Rory says no. And it's like, maybe if you had framed it a bit as, like, why don't we go out, you know, for a milkshake or something. (laughs) It would actually feel like a celebration. Yeah, that's true. I also thought it was great that everybody
0: always talks about. Lorelai and Rory is talking super fast and Lorelai Mm -hmm. I definitely think does talk super fast I don't think that Rory necessarily does she just like Mm -hmm. keeps up with witticisms but I just thought it was hilarious that that's what the Gilmore girls are known for and then Paris comes in Mm -hmm. and is like you're not talking fast enough
1: (laughs) yeah I loved that (laughs) definitely so
0: Friday before the debate or before school I think it's the morning so mm-hmm. Rory is walking past the Stars Hollow High, you see all like the cheerleaders and everything, and then she walks past a phone booth, and it starts ringing. And this definitely seemed like something out of the Twilight Zone. Yeah. <laughs> um, she eventually backs up and answers the phone, and it's Lane again, watching through her window. She's at this point just calling to talk about the CD drop, and this scene was my Stars Hollow moment, because... I agree there weren't that many options in this episode, but I just like this because it's in this square. It's like showing more of just like the weird Star's Hollow charm with mm-hmm. Lane being able to stare out of her window <laughs> using her telescope and then call. Like it's so small, yeah.
1: you know, that she can like
0: find Rory at any place. <laughs> yeah. And she knows the phone numbers for the phone booths. Oh, good point. <laughs> Are there even phone booths anymore? I seem to remember in like the last couple years seeing something about how they were being taken out of some, like maybe the New York City subway stations or something. I'm like, do they even yeah. ex- exist anywhere anymore? I don't think so. <laughs> a lost opportunity. But this is a short scene. We just are teased along a little bit more with information about the CD drop that's coming up
1: yeah because she couldn't get it from and i quote (laughs) amazon.com which was another funny reference (laughs) the fact that like it exists but it's like referred to as Mm -hmm. (laughs) amazon.com well the next scene is later that day the debate is finally happening and i would just want i'd just like to flag that rory seems to be on the debate team now and like I don't even know what Headmaster Charleston was worried about, Mm -hmm. about that whole you need to be more involved thing because (laughs) she of her own volition joined the newspaper and we don't know like when or why she joined the debate club, but we can assume she did it of her own accord as well. So like she's doing perfectly fine on her own, Mm -hmm. (laughs) doing well. (laughs) Ridiculous.
0: (laughs) I love that Lorelai, so Lorelai has brought Suki with her to Mm -hmm. watch the debate and I love that Suki so far has been at every school function. She yeah. was at like the bake sale in season 1, she was at the Shakespeare play stuff, and now she's That's at a this. Good point. And nobody ever mentions how much of an impact Suki has on like as being a right. support. They always talk about Luke, but Suki has also always been there.
1: That's a really good point. And like when they are afraid their house is going to collapse. Mm-hmm from termites they go to Sookie's you know or how many afternoons has she spent in the kitchen at the Independence Inn how like we think of Luke as the one feeding them but I'm sure Sookie has fed Mm -hmm. them as much if not more you know so I think that's a really good point to make she's integral part to their family as well yeah (laughs) I just had a
0: flash of an alternate universe in which in that termites episode they go to Luke's (laughs) and they stay up in Luke's apartment with Jess and it just becomes like a huge mess
1: (laughs) I imagine someone like ends up going to sleep on like the chairs downstairs or something because it's just so cramped and yeah probably Luke that'd be good (laughs) yeah yeah I don't know maybe it would have sped things up with Rory and Jess anyways (laughs) they're like getting things started at this debate Paris is bossing people around we also see our old friend Brad again, and
0: at first he he's like settled into his new school well, he talks to Rory a bit about it, and then Paris comes up and just like looks at him and he starts to shiver in his seat. <laughs> Poor guy. I know, it's like he's <laughs> seen death. <laughs> yeah. Understandably, based off of what happens. Mm-hmm. But we also get a bit of tension building with... Sookie and Lorelai just, like, scoping out the area, looking for Christopher. Um, Sookie doesn't know what he looks like, but she's still looking for him. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't show up until the debate has begun. And when Mm -hmm. he does show up, he's also not alone. He has brought Sherry.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's filmed dramatically for this, like, realization. Because Mm -hmm. they see him in the doorway. Oh, it's Chris! Wave, whatever. And then... She steps into the frame, you know, and it's like, oh, it's the big Sherry reveal. They build it up dramatically, I thought, effectively. Yeah. I love the actress who plays
0: Sherry. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm saying her name right, but it's Madchen Amick, I think. I don't know. It looks... I'm not sure what language it is, actually. I was about
1: to say something that might have been wrong, so. <laughs> I do, too. Like, she plays Betty's mom in Riverdale. Yeah. I think she was someone fun in Gossip Girl, too. She was in Twin Peaks. I think that was her first mm. big role. She was mm-hmm. Shelly.
0: And then she was also in this show that was really fun, and I don't think it's going anymore. It's like The Witches of East End or something. It was just like a fun witchy show kind of like charmed mm. with like a family of
1: witches <laughs> but i agree i like the actor <laughs> mm-hmm. and i ki- i kind of like sherry yeah in this episode and we'll see about moving forward but i am i'll have more to say but like i kind of liked her yeah <laughs> yeah this is a weird situation and she
0: enters it well i thought but um they sit down suki and I both make varying uh, attempts to try and, like, look at them sitting behind them. Um, but eventually the debate ends and poor Brad and his team were just, like, wiped across the floor. Paris, like, they they win without the judges even having to talk to each other about mm-hmm. it because Paris is just, like, going so hard on
1: them. Yeah. Brad is, like, sick. He's sweaty His teammate is, like, silently crying. Mm. It's... I mean, it's sad, but it's also pretty funny.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's just Paris for you.
1: So out in the hallway after the debate, they, like... Sookie, Lorelai, and then eventually Rory walk over to meet Christopher and Sherry. And Sherry's outfit is my Lorelai's closet for this episode. I thought, like, when you first see her and Christopher together in the doorway... They're both wearing leather jackets so it's kind of like oh you know that couple that's dressing alike but then you see her full outfit here which is like kind of knee-high black boots and she's got this gray dress on that looks kind of like businessy and a bit formal but it has like a strip of leather running down the middle and she again has like the leather jacket which I wouldn't think to pair with like her more formal looking reserved kind of dress. And her hair is like flawless. It looks like she had a blowout or something. And Suki and Lorelai both comment about how she's like not wrinkled at all, even <laughs> after sitting through the debate and whatnot. So I think like our first impression of her is supposed to be like how put together and poised she is. Like very much setting up the whole jealousy sort of storyline between them. I don't know, but I just thought she looked fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember what
0: Lorelai was wearing. I don't know. I didn't get the feeling that, like, we were supposed to see one as, like, more fashionable or anything than the other. But Mm -hmm. definitely, Sherry looks more like the kind of person who could get Chris to get his life together, as Emily will say
1: later. I think it's, like, the put togetherness that they emphasize of, like, how could she not have wrinkles Mm -hmm. after sitting for that long, emphasizing like almost the unrealness of her that I think is supposed to also communicate like the unrealness of her getting Chris together. Yeah, that's a good point. They
0: have kind of an awkward introduction livened up a little bit with Siki, but Mm -hmm. I thought that, yeah, Sherry does a really good job, I think, in this awkward situation. I assume that it's the most nerve-wracking for her like Lorelai probably Mm -hmm. thinks it's the worst for her but it's probably actually the worst for Sherry (laughs) because you're you're meeting your your boyfriend's ex and his kid his like grown kid and that that yeah that would just be nerve-wracking I think
1: yeah she's like saying she's so excited to meet Rory that she's been like looking forward to this and she is like complimenting Rory quite a lot which Maybe we're supposed to think she's a bit like over eager or like eager to please. But I read it as pretty genuine, actually. And she even says like, oh, I'm sorry to put you on the spot because Rory is like blushing, which has happened to Rory before where she's like blushed because she's embarrassed. And then the fact that Sherry like apologizes, I thought was a sign that she like actually cares for Rory. And and is like, sorry, I didn't mean to like do that. I'm just like so happy to meet you. Like, maybe she is a bit overeager, but I read it as, like, it's because she's invested, you know?
0: I also, there was a great little line when Lorelai pulls Rory aside to talk about Sherry, and Lorelai says that Sherry's a witch, Mm -hmm. and they say that in kind of, like, a joking way, and I thought that this matched perfectly with our Supernatural Gilmore (laughs) Girls casting, because I think, like, she definitely does have that persona she'd be like the boston coven versus the Mm. hartford coven coven of the gilmores
1: yeah so (laughs) that's a good point and it removes the kind of like sexist undertone (laughs) to calling Mm. someone a witch if we take it more seriously (laughs) yeah yeah that's true (laughs)
0: but yeah we also get a little bit of paris wanting to hang out but instead everybody's going back to
1: lorelei and rory's The other thing they share before the scene ends is like saying they both didn't know she was going to be there and that they're both surprised by it and they wish that Chris would have told them Mm -hmm. that she was going to be there, which I completely agree with. Like that's kind of something they all could have mentally prepared for. And it's yet again Chris withholding information from them when he could have just shared it and prevented an awkward situation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they could have had a chance to make plans enough ahead of time that the like the house would have been clean and Mm -hmm. like nobody would be put on the spot for anything but christopher you know (laughs) yeah so that takes us right back to the gilmore's house where we open up with lorelei and rory like bolting around trying to pick up all the clothes that i guess have just been strewn across (laughs) every surface (laughs) I've definitely been there before. <laughs> I just, like, I don't know. I, I've had clothes all over the place in my bedroom. Yeah. But I, I don't know if I've ever taken them all the way out to my living room.
1: <laughs> but I also,
0: like, I'm assuming that they're probably, like, switching clothes and stuff. So it's fine. <laughs> but they're cleaning up. And then Christopher and Sherry come in and... Again, Sherry is being, like, super complimentary of Rory, talking about how good she was at the debate. I thought, yeah, I agree. I think all these compliments were, like, very genuine. They, they were profuse, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, what else are you going to do in this situation? Like, yeah, of of course she's trying to make a good impression on Rory and, like, make her like her. That just makes sense to me.
1: Yeah maybe one reason I'm kind of like I feel pretty positively about her is that I think I'm imagining like reasons people may not like her and they might say she's like trying too hard Mm -hmm. or she's a bit obsessed or something like that but I've never really genuinely bought into the like trying too hard as a bad thing (laughs) like and I guess I mean like it could be like we're did sometimes like Dean try too hard and we're like, he's being a bit too like whatever. But she's not being aggressive about mm-hmm. it. She's just like, she seems to know everything about Rory, which could be a bit weird. <laughs> like she knows about books and all this and like her uniform and stuff like that. But like, I think it's coming from a good place and she's trying to connect and show like interest in her and she could easily just not care about Rory and just be a super like distant stepmother Mm -hmm. like she could just want to have like new kids of her own with christopher and neglect her or whatever but she like really wants to be a part of her life and is it a bit like over the top perhaps but i don't know i feel like she's going about it in pretty good ways
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's also super complimentary of christopher that like he has talked enough about rory that sherry knows all this stuff and like Mm -hmm. that rory was kind of a point of i don't know bonding between them like Sherry asked him
1: questions and stuff like that so yeah I think yeah I like Sherry at this point (laughs) yeah like you say I think we get more information about Christopher like Sherry says he obsessively sticks to their like Wednesday night calls which we didn't Mm -hmm. like we've heard about their calls before but we haven't necessarily heard they're so regular and that he cares about them so much and then she says like I admire that about him so she's even kind of one reason she's with him and takes him seriously is, like, because she admires his connection with Rory. That would, like, makes me actually view Christopher in a more positive light Mm -hmm. than I had before. Yeah, I
0: I wonder if people's opinions, like, she's obviously meant to kind of be a, like, opposition to Lorelai, even though, like, their personalities, I don't think, are that vastly different, at least not from what we've seen so far. But I think that that's probably why people don't like her at this point. Is just because she's supposed to be like the antagonist to Lorelai, and mm-hmm. probably they're also a bit colored by what happens in future seasons with Sherry,
1: which I can understand. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I, I'm sure we'll have we will address that as well. Mm-hmm. But at this point, like with my fuzzy memory, <laughs> I can just view her currently. <laughs> yeah, the the conversation between her and Lorelai might. Be like another reason. I could see why it would potentially be off-putting too.
0: Yeah, I was gonna ask you what you thought about that. So, mm-hmm. Sherry goes into the kitchen to help lorelei with drinks, and she says kind of straight out, like she knows that this is a weird situation and that she doesn't think that they need to be friends. And like she mm-hmm. doesn't, like she doesn't want there to be any pressure on them to like each other. She just wants to get to know Rory. Because things are going mm-hmm. really well with Christopher. And yeah, I, I can see where some people might misinterpret that. But what were what was your thought with that conversation?
1: I'm like, I wonder, I almost feel like Sherry read a book about like yeah. <laughs> how to be a stepmom. And is trying to go bu- like book bu- bu- rule by rule. Because what she's doing here, this like kind of like open communication, not trying to like force herself on Lorelai. I think it's coming from a good place, but I don't necessarily think she phrased it the best. Mm-hmm. And, like, she's assuming Lorelei wouldn't want to be friends or be close because, like, maybe that is the relationship of, like, co-parenting that would work the best for the three of them. But she's assuming Lorelei doesn't want to know her. And I think she thinks she's doing the right thing by assuming that, but it's kind of a bit, like, presumptuous of her. And then also it is presumptuous to, like, really want to be a part of Rory's Mm -hmm. life like this early on Lorelai is like just meeting her and I appreciate like where she's coming from and that that is her goal but I do think some baby steps could (laughs) have been more useful for everyone involved (laughs) like but I think like I like that she was being so open and honest like this is awkward let's talk about it I don't think Lorelai would have had this discussion otherwise Lorelai is very like cryptic and avoidive avoiding saying what she's really feeling many times in this episode so I appreciate that Sherry was like let's just get all of this out in the open mm-hmm. but like I do think it could have been off-putting I mean clearly Lorelai does find it to be a <laughs> bit much I don't know how did you view it
0: <laughs> I agree I I liked that Sherry brought it up like this that's what I would like for somebody to do with me if I was in this situation because like I wouldn't want the pressure of thinking that I had to become best friends with this person. So I liked that Sherry yeah. brought it up like that. Was it a little bit blunt? It was, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I also like she was probably nervous. She'd probably thought a lot about this before, and mm-hmm. maybe just kind of blurted out, like didn't follow exactly the script or didn't run by run her script by anybody to see. Mm-hmm. If this was the best way to bring it up. Yeah, I I liked it, but I don't know. I think that I agree that there should have been some some sort of baby steps. Like maybe they meet each other first and then this is like a second meeting kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. And same with Rory. I thought that it was kind of putting Rory on the spot a bit. But I'm also mm-hmm. wondering if that really is something that Chris has done wrong.
1: Yeah, what do you want to think, like, what would you bet that Sherry told Christopher, like, she's been asking to meet them Mm -hmm. for so long, and is like, could you arrange it? And she just assumes that when he's like, we're going to her debate thing, Sherry probably assumes he told them about her, and that she would be there to meet them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And like, she probably
0: has, yeah, if she's tried to meet them in the past, then Christopher's probably come up with some excuse or something, or maybe sh- that's why Sherry thinks that Lorelai doesn't want to meet, doesn't want to be friends with her. But also, mm-hmm. like, Lorelai's thinking that this is going really fast, and she's only thinking mm-hmm. that because Christopher has literally told her nothing about Sherry and their relationship. Yeah. I mean, he even, like, left off telling her about Sherry at all until, like, after a whole weekend <laughs> together. Yeah. So... I, I feel like a lot of it is on Christopher, to be honest.
1: Probably. What do you think about the part of the conversation where Sherry is asking to have, like, alone bonding time with Rory, and she, like, wants to do it that very night? And she says, like, I know I'm pressing, and this is kind of embarrassing of me to really be pushing this point, but, like, it's really important to me. What did you think about that part of, like, her asking... Lorelai like that very night but also kind of being self-aware about it I don't know (laughs) yeah I don't know I just like I just like this whole approach because
0: I don't see what the point of beating around the bush is (laughs) yeah but it also reminds me that hadn't Christopher invited Rory to stay with him and Sherry over her winter break and like oh, Lorelai yeah, had told us, yeah. So that must mean that Rory decided not to go. So this isn't the first time that Sherry's tried to spend time with Rory. That's a good point. They're just like conveniently forgetting about that. I don't know. I just yeah. I just like Rory's uh, Sherry's approach to this, and I know that that's not necessarily necessarily the popular opinion.
1: <laughs> and if she like if Sherry. It seems like from what we learn later on, too, is at the point where she like wants a serious relationship and she has ideas about like a timeline for that and what she wants from it. If part of like before committing to Chris, like she's implying basically like they want to get married, they want to start a family. But before they do that, she wants to like desperately like get to know Rory. So it's probably like she's been trying and trying. And for her, like even though this is the first we've ever seen of her, perhaps it's like the clock is ticking for her she's like I want to maybe get engaged or married but I want to know his kid first and like I haven't been able to do that Mm -hmm. yet so I don't know she definitely seems like someone who like knows what she wants and is willing to be blunt and like get it done in a sense and maybe we're supposed to think that's a bit like boring in comparison to like fun Lorelai but I don't know there's something to be admired about like her very like organized approach to like I don't know it seems like she has a checklist and she's really like okay meet Rory alright ask Lorelai if I can spend time okay now can we go out okay (laughs) now I have a gift for you before I leave check like I don't know yeah I like
0: Sherry she seems not necessarily cool but she seems relatable for me at
1: least (laughs) yeah
0: (gasps) We
1: interrupt this podcast with a message from our sponsor. Are you a parent obsessed with status and getting your child into an Ivy League school via a private high school education? But do you also have doubts about the intense environments of most private schools? Well, we at Hillside Academy are happy to tell you that you don't need to compromise on your status-driven goals for the sake of your child's emotional well-being any longer. Hillside Academy is a mellow, friendly alternative
0: to the harsh, frightening private schools in the New England region. We promote a friendly atmosphere, while also providing all of the perks of a private education. At Hillside Academy, your child will learn more about Shakespeare than they'll ever need to again. and still make exclusive social connections that will
1: ensure their privilege and class status for years to come. If you're not yet convinced that Hillside Academy is a good fit for your child, here is some testimony from our newest student, Brad Langford. Brad writes, I'm haunted by my time from Chilton School. Just the other day when I visited at a debate meet, I began to feel physically ill and sweaty. My psychiatrist says someday I will need to go back and face my fears. But until that harrowing day, I am so happy to find peace and friends at Hillside Academy. Consider Hillside Academy today for your child.
0: Listeners of Talking Fast will not receive any special offers or discounts to Hillside Academy because even if it is chill and welcoming, it still expects the full, large tuition payments to be made every single semester. But we also so Lorelei does the same thing that she's done in the past, which is respond to Sherry by saying, Well, it's okay with me if it's okay with Rory. So basically taking when it's not okay with Yeah, her. exactly. So like just kind of putting all of this on Rory so then if Rory says yes then she can be mad at Rory for saying
1: yes. Mm-hmm. And like to under under mine, Sherry I kind of like biased Rory against her like she calls her Mm -hmm. from their own phone and is basically like hey Sherry's gonna ask you to hang out but like I can get you out of it if you want or you could just get it over with because it seems inevitable like (laughs) already trying to do the same thing of like when Rory wanted to hang out with Richard Mm -hmm. or Emily like trying to really color how she'll perceive that and affect how she views it like does she think it's exciting or fun or not and luckily it doesn't work like In the end, Rory should be the one to form her own opinion of Sherry, Mm -hmm. you know, which she seems to do.
0: Yeah, I was kind of conflicted about this phone call because I like the idea of Lorelai, like, letting Rory know what's about to happen so she can think about it beforehand. Mm -hmm. But you're right, she definitely, like, laid her bias on super thick, (laughs) trying to convince Rory not to go. That is a good point, too,
1: though, like, warning her...
0: Yeah, give you, like, enough time to think of an excuse if you don't want to go.
1: And this conveniently results in, you know, Sherry and Rory having plans that night. So Christopher is invited to Friday night dinner as a result, which is basically just like, oh, did we want to add in a big, like, confrontation and fight in this episode? Yeah, okay, let's bring him over to Friday night dinner. Like, I think we all knew how this was going to go. Yeah, yeah, there's no way it could go
0: well. But I was, I hadn't remembered what happens at Friday night dinner, so I was honestly a little bit surprised by who and why the blow-up happened. (laughs) We'll we'll get to that. So I guess we're getting to that now because nothing else Mm -hmm. happens. We get another call from (laughs) Lane updating her with the time for the CD drop-off, I guess, the next morning. So we've got that. Still building up some steam. I'm excited for the follow through of this CD drop off. Yes. (laughs) And then Rory leaves with Sherry. Lorelai kind of, as she and Christopher are leaving, she kind of confronts him about the whole Sherry being there and Christopher not warning them about it. I think, yeah, I think we're both agreed that they, that Christopher should have told Lorelai so, I agree with her there, but I thought that the way that she was approaching this was so passive aggressive. I don't know what she was hoping to get out of <laughs> this confrontation beyond just a fight. I don't know,
1: right, like she gets him to admit that he didn't tell her about Sherry, and he asks, "Is it okay?" and she says, "Oh, yeah, it's okay, but it's it's not you know she doesn't she does have a problem with it and If she's open about that, maybe he would apologize, you know, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. Actually, the next kind of portion of that conversation includes my gazebo moment, which may be controversial (laughs) because I'm kind of giving this one to Christopher. Wow! And I like I jaw dropped when he said this. I thought some points were made here because she like the second part of her like confrontation here is kind of about like, How she wants she's basically saying about like how she's supposed to be in the picture and she's supposed to be in Sherry's life because the whole thing about Sherry saying she doesn't need to be close to Lorelai. Lorelai is like, but I'm so involved in Rory's life. If Sherry is there, how could I not be close to her? Is essentially Mm -hmm. the argument, and Christopher is saying you will be. He's kind of like assuring her that she'll be around. And then this is kind this is like the gazebo moment where I was like glad someone finally says this he says but you didn't do the same for me like Mm -hmm. I didn't know about Max until way late in the game I was never part of that equation he and Rory were close like all of the like it's like the opposite was not true and Mm -hmm. as much as I have issues with Christopher I I felt like that was something we thought all along and I don't want to like I feel bad to give him like a gazebo moment for like a win over Lorelai because she is the main, she's such a main character and I don't want to make everything about like criticizing her for what she does wrong as like a mother or just a person in general. Like I don't want to do that all the time, but for just this one moment, (laughs) I just want to be like, yeah, like I think she did need to realize that was something she did because I don't think she realized that, you know, I don't Mm -hmm. think she was aware of that. And it's a bit hypocritical of her to expect that of Christopher when she didn't do the same. And I felt like it was just very like, I didn't remember him saying that. And I felt like he was like, yeah, you can't, she doesn't really respond. You know, it's like, how do you say like, Oh, that's not true. Cause it was true. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. It goes
0: all the way back to Max's comment of himself. Like what is his role in Rory's life? <clears throat> And maybe if he had met Christopher and they'd had, like, this whole conversation and stuff, then he would have known a bit more. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a good point. I think that a lot of this episode is actually kind of criticizing Lorelai and her perception of things, especially once we get towards the end. So I think Mm -hmm. it's totally fine (laughs) that in this episode you have something Mm -hmm. as Xebo moment that also does that. So I think Mm -hmm. this is just, like a self-reflective episode for Lorelai perhaps yeah
1: because actually like you say like I think this episode does build to her kind of realization or aha moment she has at the end of the episode about her self and like her dating life and whatnot so to put a positive spin on it this is like I feel like a rough wake-up call for her the way it's Mm -hmm. delivered but I think it is a crucial kind of stepping stone for her moving on and moving forward yeah, that's that's true. Yeah.
0: So after this, we go right into Friday night dinner and Lorelai's outfit for this gets my Lorelai's closet. I also thought about Emily's nice. outfit because it's also pretty snappy, but mm-hmm. I like Lorelei specifically because she has like a bright red lipstick on that I really liked. Mm. It like really popped because she had like her hair is dark, obviously, and she had it like in curls and it looked really good. And then she had, like, a dark teal scarf and a dark purple shirt. So just, like, the bright red lip looked really cool. Emily's, on the other hand, was, like, might have been a navy blue suit. Yeah,
1: suit it was, thing. like, navy blue with red piping, yeah. kind of. Yeah, it looked pretty cool. And it cool. felt like I'd seen it before. It looked like something that a first lady wears. <laughs> oh yeah like Emily's whole style is <laughs> so true. first lady now that you mention it that's a good way to describe it
0: <laughs> yeah it's very like Jacqueline Kennedy so we get to Friday night dinner and Richard is finally there for once we haven't seen him for a while
1: mm-hmm. he has missed a lot of Friday night dinners this season
0: yeah so this is the first time that they're seeing him after his visit to Stars Hollow which oh yeah ended kind of badly. They didn't like bring that up at all yeah Yeah, because he's in a great mood tonight. Like, he even rolls with the punches with Rory not being there. He's excited to see Christopher. Like, he's just very chipper, I thought. It didn't seem, like,
1: in line with his storyline. Yeah, he, like, brings up a couple times stories from when he had worked. Almost like if there's stages of retirement, kind of like stages (laughs) of grief, like, perhaps he's in the stage now where it's, like, reminiscing – and, like, yeah. bringing up all these stories of, like, when I was traveling, I was stuck in the hotel room. And when I was working, I had to deal with motorcycle crashes. And it's, like, no one asked him. And he's just sharing <laughs> all these anecdotes about, like, his old days of work. I don't know. But it was it was odd. It's, like, they didn't want to mm-hmm. address, like, the argument he and Lorelai had that had no resolution. But it was an intense one. Yeah. Like, and, like, weird. his depression at the end of the episode. Yeah. Like, Emily and Richard are both pretty excited to see Christopher until they learn about the girlfriend, like Emily Mm -hmm. in particular.
0: Yeah, Emily starts to kind of grill Christopher about Sherry. And you can see, like, as soon as he mentions where Rory is, Emily's face just, like, goes cold and she's not happy about it. Yeah. She asks, like, about if they're going to have a family because he's got a Volvo, which is a family car. (laughs) Which I think we yeah. said when he first showed up with his Volvo.
1: Yeah. And it's like Richard is the one to say, oh, that's a family car. And Emily's mm-hmm. like, you're planning to have a family? And Lorelai's like, he didn't even say that. And she's like, because he bought a family car. And it's just little things like that. And it's kind of odd that Lorelai's on like d- the defense for Christopher here when they had just kind of been having a riff. It's like because Emily is going against him, she's automatically defensive of Christopher and yeah. in a in a way herself. Yeah,
0: it's like the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of idea. <laughs> Any <laughs> anybody that Emily is against means that Laura lies for them.
1: <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny how Emily keeps calling Sherry this woman yeah. <laughs> and she calls her like that horrid woman, like that horrible woman later and christopher's friend at one point like she's refusing (laughs) to call her by name or as a girlfriend or anything like that Mm -hmm. she's in denial (laughs) and is immediately like so judgmental about her when she's like sherry i think would be emily approved yeah in another world i I noticed one tiny thing that
0: i thought was very funny that's not important but (laughs) um lorelei when they're asking for drinks lorelei asks for like six or eight cherries or something in her manhattan because she's feeling a bit peckish and i Mm. love that richard basically brought her a glass of cherries (laughs) it was so nice i know
1: maybe that was his apology yeah (laughs) gestures (laughs) i thought that was a really funny detail (laughs) and then later on also uh Lorelai mentions that his Volvo is a good for cranking Metallica. Mm-hmm. And Richard is like, is that a drug reference? Because if so, it's inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> I just felt like he had fun little comedic moments this episode. Yeah. While like Emily is just going full out drama and conflict. He's the comedic relief in this scene.
0: Yeah. And finally Emily like storms out of the room. Christopher says that he feels terrible. Richard says, Oh, that's just Emily. I thought was a very another kind of funny comment but also just like a but also you should check in on your wife kind of
1: you're just letting her handle all of the family issues like you're not getting involved at Mm -hmm. all or doing any of that work as usual (laughs)
0: Lorelai follows after Emily so they are having another kitchen conversation which as we've noted in the past is never a good thing (laughs) and Emily is just like kind of Going off about how terrible this this woman must be, and that she's gotten mm-hmm. her she's gonna get her claws into Rory, and that's what they're off doing tonight. And then nothing's ever gonna be the same. And finally, she lands the bomb. She's like, Christopher gets his life together for that woman, and it should have been you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's I mean, that's where we get the episode title. <laughs> and <laughs> that was just like uh, this was actually my. Yeah, this was my Friday night dinner because the just the idea that Lorelai should have been helping him get his life together. I think mm-hmm. we've talked about this in the past, but it's nobody's responsibility but Christopher's to get his like life together. Yeah. We might have actually talked about this like when Christopher proposed to Lorelai in the first season, and how mm-hmm. like in that moment she did a great job where she was like, "You can't meet my needs at this point, so no, we can't be together." Yeah. And I think that Lorelai has been in the right this whole time. Like they they haven't been compatible with each other in their life plans and everything. But just the idea that it's a woman's duty to pull together a man to make him like a contributing member of society mm-hmm. is just disappointing. And in in reality, I don't think Emily would have liked to have seen Lorelai putting in all of this effort to pull Christopher up. Out of whatever he had been in before, I think she would have been disappointed at that point also. So it's just like, this is just an expectation of women that I don't think you actually agree with. Though, she might, she does kind of do similar things for Richard, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I th- I I agree with your point, because she's like, you dawdled your time, you could have been that person to, like, pull him up, and you made no effort, and... I like I totally agree with your critique like that wasn't her responsibility I I, like I really I liked the first half of what Emily said of like Mm -hmm. he finally got his life together and it's with someone else like someone else is like reaping the rewards (laughs) in a sense where it's like and it's Sherry she really reaped the effort so she should reap the rewards but like I like that Emily here is at least being honest of like how disappointing and heartbreaking it is that when he's finally at a point where like he could be a good match he's with someone else and mm-hmm. it's like she's acknowledging what Lorelei is too afraid to acknowledge that like she's heartbroken you know that this has happened and she'll acknowledge it more later than when Emily like blames her for that like if she just understood like oh that must be so hard that's sad I'm heartbroken you're heartbroken cool but then to like Blame Lorelai for something you should be blaming Christopher for is the issue there that I Mm -hmm. think is very much worth a critique,
0: (laughs) and the I just I don't like the idea of everybody, and this comes up later with Lorelai's own thoughts about herself, like with everybody expecting that Lorelai has just been waiting for Christopher, and it Mm
1: -hmm. ends up that that's the case. But I hate that that's the case. (laughs) Yeah, that's like what and. Emily one even calls it, like, her destiny, even, which is such a... Like, that's not even waiting for Christopher. That's, like, your fate is to be with him. Yeah. And, like, for everyone, to like... And that's why I think I think that idea shakes Lorelei too, because one of the first things she does when she talks to Rory later is to ask, like, have you also been thinking that? Like, is that... Did you think that was our destiny as well? And it's definitely a big question. <laughs> Yeah. I guess we can just move to
0: that because Friday night dinner really Mm -hmm. ends here. We don't get to actually see them have dinner, which I feel like we barely get half the time. (laughs) But the next morning we're back at Luke's and Lorelai is visibly subdued and Luke even asks her about it and she just says that it was a hard (laughs) Friday night dinner basically. Um Mm -hmm. and Rory comes in and Lorelai starts asking her for the scoop like how did it
1: go um it ends up Sherry was in bonding mode the way that Rory describes like what she learned about Sherry really made me think of a one-on-one date from the bachelor or bachelorette because it seems like Sherry shared all the same fun facts (laughs) um that those people do because she's like She's a cautious driver, Bruce Springsteen fan. She's dated someone for 11 years. And now she hasn't dated anyone for the last few years because she only wants to date people who are serious. And before that, she'd been very career oriented. Now she wants kids. It's like all (laughs) about like what they share on a one on one date. Also made me question. She dated someone for 11 years Mm -hmm. and then let's say she didn't date anyone for like three years and now she's been dating Chris for like several months. How old is she supposed to be? Like, did she start dating someone when she was 11 or something? (laughs) Because, I mean, she doesn't, she seems like maybe 30s, you know? If she
0: had a boy, like maybe a high school boyfriend, Mm -hmm. they started dating like 17 or 18 and dated throughout college and throughout most of their 20s. Maybe they broke up when she was, like, 29, and then it's been a couple years. Yeah, because
1: she looks like she could be late 20s even. I wonder how old the actor was when she played her. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Just a tiny little tiny thing. Doesn't matter in any way in the end of things, but I'm just like, you could have said five years of, yeah, it's still a long mm-hmm. time to date someone. <laughs> I also,
0: Rory mentions that she was very touchy-feely, and that also sounds like something that would happen <laughs> on a one-on-one date. <laughs> yeah like always too many hugs touching knees and stuff (laughs) obviously not sexual at this point but that would make me if somebody was trying to bond with me and was like touching my arm or give me giving me hugs all the time I'd be like this isn't working out
1: (laughs) (laughs) goodbye (laughs) I know I don't think Rory liked it either but she was like polite about it
0: (laughs) yeah that's true Lorelai and Rory aren't really touchy-feely like the whole Gilmore family they don't I mean, they hug in greeting sometimes, but that's kind of about it. So, it would be a difference. But then we get Lorelai telling Rory about Friday night dinner and, you know, that it didn't go that well. And as you mentioned earlier, she asks Rory, like, what Rory thought, when, she, like, what did she think about when she thinks about Lorelai and Christopher? Like, did she think about them as maybe a family someday or um you know getting back together i thought rory's response to this was really measured and really good she's like yeah of Mm -hmm. course i've thought about it but in the same way that i thought about you marrying i don't remember who it was but the guy who plays ferris bueller i think i don't know it was like an (laughs) actor you know (laughs) so like she's of course thought about it but not in a serious way, like it's not something she's been yearning for her whole life. Mm-hmm. It's
1: just something that though maybe possible. she was you know like you said I think it's very it's like a diplomatic yeah. answer <laughs> I think orchestrated to make Lorelai feel better in her heart of hearts I feel like maybe Rory has yearned for that like when Christopher that first episode I feel like she definitely wanted them to get together mm-hmm. strongly at that point I don't know but it was a kind answer yeah
0: I think she might have even mentioned it like when Christopher proposed, and I had to tell her, yeah. like, it's just not the right time. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Either way, Roy has a good answer. And then she leaves for my gazebo moment, which is the CD drop. Here's the big moment of the episode. Roy goes out. Mm-hmm.
1: It's all been building yeah. up to this.
0: <laughs> so it's 10 o'clock. She goes out to the square. And she's keeping an eye on things. We see Lane and her mom leave Kim's antiques in their Sunday best or whatever meeting they're going to. They were dressed up. Lane has a tote bag on her elbow, kind of left open a little bit. We see Kirk approach them and he starts talking to them. He introduces himself. Mrs. Kim is like, yeah, Kirk, I've known you your entire life. And then we see this hooded gray figure running past, slips a CD into Lane's bag. And then, success, we've had the CD drop. And then Michelle appears next to Rory. He has been, he is that gray Mm hooded figure. He's been running around the the square (laughs) for the past hour because nobody told him about the time change. It was just like a wonderful moment.
1: (laughs) it was so good
0: comedy gold Poor michelle also running around for an hour
1: i would have died mm-hmm. if i were to like rewatch any scene from this episode <laughs> i think this one has the most value like this would like cheer me up or make me laugh at any point mm-hmm. and you can just watch it out of context too i think yeah
0: <laughs> after this fun little interlude we go back to luke's and christopher and sherry have shown up to say goodbye and we find out that christopher lied to sherry about how friday night dinner went he had told her that it went well obviously it didn't (laughs) but um sherry goes off to find rory outside and say goodbye to her she does say she's
1: gonna corral her (laughs) which was a bit of a weird yeah (laughs) way to view it like you could just say I'm gonna go find her my parents used to say that they were corralling us kids
0: but there were also like four of us and that's more like corralling cattle Mm -hmm. than going to find one person (laughs) yeah but um, Christopher sits down and they start kind of talking about the Friday night dinner and Lorelai has had this revelation and she decides that this is the perfect time to tell Christopher about it (laughs) She says that she's realized that she's always kind of had the possibility of them in the back of her mind. And not only that, that she's like had this as a possibility, but she also says that's the reason I have been, none none of my relationships have worked out these past years. I've been sabotaging myself because of that possibility. She's basically telling Christopher I have ruined all of my own relationships because of you, and this was almost my Friday night dinner, because I think Lorelai here is completely in the wrong. That's something you write in your journal. That's something you tell your therapist, as you were saying. That's not something you tell a person who's, like, embarking in a happy relationship, that they
1: could potentially be the reason that you ruined everything in your life. yeah. I was confused by her decision to tell him this and now and like he says later like what did you want to come from mm-hmm. this conversation like from telling me but I do like think that yeah if she had like told this to Rory or to Emily or Suki or wrote it in a journal and we heard it in a voiceover or something <laughs> which they don't do so not <laughs> that but like overall I liked the realization she had mm-hmm. And I feel like it was like an aha moment for her that she thinks that she's like unconsciously been sabotaging her relationships. And the thing I wanted to say, like, I don't like when I heard that, I didn't think of that as her blaming Christopher, like saying, like, it's your fault that I didn't have success in my relationships, which is how he takes it. Mm -hmm. Like he thinks she's dumping her problems on his doorstep. He says, like, he thinks she's, like, blaming him for years of unhappiness. And, like, I could see why he interpreted it that way because it's like, why are you telling me? Why are you telling me now? Like, I don't think she approached this well, but I do feel like he, I don't think that's what she was trying to communicate. That's not how I took it. Like, I think she was taking ownership mm-hmm. of, like, She's not saying he was the one sabotaging. She was unconsciously doing it herself. And like now she could let it go now that she's seen him move on with someone else. Like I thought his reaction was a bit misplaced in a certain way because it's like (laughs) I think he didn't follow what she said. But I think it was accurately placed in him saying like, why are you telling me this? And why now? And like, yeah, I don't know. It was a messy conversation, (laughs) but I think there are good bits in there, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I agree with you partly,
0: but I definitely, <laughs> I think that Christopher's reaction was justified because mm. there's no way that he can hear that and, like, not see it as, like, she's telling him specifically why would she, and yeah. I agree that she isn't thinking of it this way, but he, like, if he's hearing it as she has chosen specifically to tell him, and He's, like, the common factor in all of this, and so I I don't think that there is a way that he could have, in that moment, taken a step back and be like, okay, she's not actually blaming me. She's, like, having this realization. I I think mm-hmm. maybe that could come later, but the way that she said it, and especially choosing to say it to him, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that he... Was right to feel kind of like, why are you telling me this right now when I'm obviously in a happy relationship? Mm -hmm. And now this is going to like weigh (laughs) over me. He says. (laughs) It's now because now he's going to be thinking about that all the time as he's moving Mm -hmm. forward
1: with Sherry. Yeah, that's actually something I wanted to ask you. Do you think a small or large part of her, though she's not saying it out loud, is telling him this right now because she wants him to think in response? I've been thinking about being with you too and now that I'm at the point and you've admitted once I get to this point you would have been with me like is that what because he's like do you want me to apologize like how do you want me to respond Mm -hmm. do you think she like what she wants isn't to be like okay let's be together then I think so I don't think she would ever admit that to herself
0: but I think that is what she's saying and I think that's yeah that's also kind of how he's reading it like that it's almost like he is hearing this as kind of an ultimatum type thing from Lorelai. Mm-hmm. Like, now I have come to this realization, so now your chance, or never, kind of. I am glad that Lorelai has come to this realization, but I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know.
1: It's not, like, total self-awareness quite mm-hmm. yet. Like, she made a big leap, but I think the undertones of this, of her, like, yeah, I think there's definitely still some of this going on that she's not fully, like, willing to admit or fully aware of. Yeah,
0: and I think we might see what happens with that soon. <laughs> if I remember yes, the yeah, end of the definitely. season correctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's where the episode ends. Christopher storms out and Laura lies just left there with everybody in the diner staring at her.
1: Yeah, we'll see what unfolds in next week's episode. Mm-hmm. But for now, as always, if you could rate and review and like and follow, et cetera, et cetera, wherever you get your podcasts, we appreciate that. And if you want to talk to us by, you know, if you want to send a gazebo moment or any other kind of comment or question, you can reach out to us at our email, talkingfastpodcasts at gmail.com. And all of our social media, you know, like Instagram and TikTok are at the same handle, Talking Fast Podcast. Cool. Until next time. Yeah. (laughs) Talk to you next week.